party. It's not a party, it's an intimate get-together. Candace party, Candace party. Don't call it that, it's just a get-together. Candace party, Candace party. Don't spill your drink, don't drop your boot, don't make the music in the house. Just as a heads up, this episode of Candace Party was recorded before the premiere of Candace Against the Universe. Hopefully we'll have an episode about the movie out for you soon, but for now, enjoy episode six of Candace Party. Hi, and welcome to Candace Party. It's not a podcast. It's an intimate get-together. You're Ryan. Oh, the name. Yes. (laughs) You sound like a pageant queen answering. (laughs) What do you think our country needs more of? I'm Ryan. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Fine dining and breathing. (laughs) All right. right. I'm Danny. Um, And I'm Molly. That's it. And That's together, we're the Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> dun, so dun, we're dun, on a dun, mission dun, to discover dun. the best Powerpuff Girls episode. We're saving the world before bedtime. Um, Hi, I'm I'm Buttercup, the toughest fighter. <laughs> this is Candace Party. Well, don't make me bubbles. I'm not the joy and the laughter, clearly, Molly. You could be Blossom. Mm, yeah, Molly's You're the commander and the leader. Yes, She's am. the commander and the leader. I am. You know, Powerpuff saved the day. This, believe it or not, is actually a Phineas and Ferb podcast and not a Powerpuff Girls podcast. Total blossom move right there, trying to get it back on. Could you imagine if we had a Powerpuff Girls podcast and we called it the PP, the PPGP? We'd really have a tough time. Let's start that podcast. Too many podcasts. The PPGP. PPGP. Powerpuff Girls. PPGP. That sounds. PPGP. 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 Where'd you get those trees? P-P-G-P. <laughs> Where'd you get those eyes? Um, that sounds weird. You're a grand old flag. You're a high flying flag, and forever in peace may you wave. May it wave. You're the emblem of the land I love, the home of the free and the brave. The free and the brave. Every heart beats. <laughs> <laughs> Molly, thanks for anyway <laughs> enjoying our 1930s cabaret act. We're doing. This is a Phineas and Ferb rewatch podcast. That what yeah, that's if what you this cut is. out one second of that song, I'll cut you. I'm sure you. Will. <laughs> you could say that on a kids show. This right? is. Yeah. They can paper cut. I will bury you in a ton we of. We are rewatching Phineas and Ferb. This is uh, episode six. We are setting out to determine what is the best episode of Phineas and Ferb and what's the best song in Phineas and Ferb and what's the best quote in Phineas and Ferb. And while there's probably no definitive answer to that, we're going to try by making a bracket. Um, We explain this a lot, but, you know, that's what we're going to do. Anyway, we're also setting out to prove that Phineas and Ferb is not just for children, that it's clearly also for people that are adults or really in any age group. And uh, that's what the show's about. So welcome to Candace Party. Welcome. Um, Welcome, we're brothers. happy you're here with us. And sisters and non-binary siblings. Welcome to all people from across the lands. It is time to open the podcast with everyone's favorite part. And by everyone's, I mean my favorite part. Uh, this is the part of the show where in order to help prove that Phineas and Ferb is for people of all ages, not just children, I ask uh, one sort of mature, serious question about the universe of Phineas and Ferb. Are you two ready to really put your best foot forward and try to answer this time? Yes. This week's uh, very serious adult question of Phineas and Ferb is, which Phineas and Ferb character do you think has had some form of serious cosmetic surgery or regularly dyes their hair? 
Now, I know what you're thinking. Everyone's got weird hair colors. Orange, green. Who could have those? Lots of people. But who do we think is either had like some serious cosmetic surgery or has dyed their hair regularly? I'm going to come right out the gate and Mm -hmm. pretty much be certain that Doofenshmirtz's wife has definitely had cosmetic surgery because Mm -hmm. I think... She is one of the most normal-looking people on the show yeah. in a universe where people all have weird head shapes. See, I think her head is almost Lindana head-shaped. Okay, but Lindana has a normal head, yeah. but she does not have normal hair. And so, therefore, yeah. but, you know, she's just a very regular-looking yeah. human being. Um, and so that's why Charlene is my pick for the most cosmetic surgery. Yeah. Unless we're in a world where everyone gets cosmetic surgery and that's why they all look this way, in which case she's had the least. Maybe it's that people just look this way. I don't know. I, I don't obviously I don't think Phineas and Ferb, you know, I think they were born triangular and F shaped respectively, obviously. But yeah. um yeah, what 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 do you say? I have two answers. Good. I think one a good contender is um bobby fabulous is that his full name yes robert fabulous robert j fabulous yes i think you know like after well one one i feel like that's not gray hair i feel like it's like a platinum blonde hair like a white Mm, hair i feel you know i feel it's very intentional yeah um it's um and i feel like after love handle ended he wanted he was out of all of them the one that wanted to like maintain that kind of that youthful image but by yeah. that same token i think my number one choice is professor Poofenplatz. yes because very good poll she may be stiff <laughs> but at least she is beautiful and i think <laughs> i think that she's definitely gotten some yeah. sort of cosmetic surgery somewhere in there and she regularly I, I I mean her hair yeah. is white, so I don't know if she dyes it. But again, I feel like she could be one of those people that like, yeah. you know, like they embrace that as they get yeah. older. But like uh, Meryl Streep, yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis, yes, a very Jamie Lee. You Curtis. know, I think Jamie, but Jamie Lee, Lee Curtis... Curtis can conquer the world, and she can. yes, Poofin Plotz has failed to conquer the world, whereas Jamie Lee is as it's still doing it on as a we speak. on a dime. When Jamie Lee Curtis decides she wants to take over the world, she'll snap her fingers and literally have it. She should play her in a live action version. Live action Professor Poofin plots. Yeah. That honest to God is a tongue twister in and of itself. Yeah. Live action Professor Poofin plots. It's like a weird vocal exercise. Who do you think it should be? Oh, I think that look, I have a vote for just very minor cosmetic surgery, which I know is not my own question that I asked. But um you guys know Captain Bob, the you know, the guy who snaps. Okay. His- okay. okay. Yeah. He ends up being Phineas and Ferb's like step uncle. Yeah. yeah. Well, his Stumple Stiltskin. Mm -hmm. So I think Stumple Stiltskin, I think he's had a facelift. And it's not like major, but if you looked behind his ears, I feel like you could see the little facelift scar. Well, he has a very plastic look to him. He has a plastic look because he's drawn to look like Buzz Lightyear. That's number one. Number two, he has that kind of, he has the energy of a guy who would get a facelift around 50 and he just... You think he's 50. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the ages of... How old do we think Lindana is? Realistically. Mm, 43. I'm with Ryan. It's timeless. She doesn't have an age. Jeez, she's a she's a, she's a forever person. <laughs> no, I think she's got to be in her at least mid to late 40s, right? Not late. Definitely no, not late. No, but no, no, no. Well, because think about 40s. it. It's 2020 as we speak. Okay, but the show wasn't 2020. And, but the movie's going to be... I suppose the movie does take place during summer. Correct. Mm. Here we are with a dilemma. Well, let's say Phineas and Ferb takes place in 2007. Yeah. She was a pop star 
let's say she was in her 20s when she was a pop star in the 80s. Mm-hmm. You got to tack 20 years onto that. She's already 40 by the time it's the year 2000. Add seven years to get to 2007 when the show premieres. She, boys and girls, has got to be at least 47. But I would then, think that she was probably a teen pop sensation. Okay, so she's 45, so would- 46. Think about it. You walk backwards from 20 into the teens. You're only cutting a few years off of that. The show runs for mm. some amount of time. I guess. I guess. She just feels so young at heart, you know? Yes. She does. She has a youthful energy, particularly when she gets hit by the pizzazz ray and she sort of comes out dancing and singing about who wants pie and she's in the sparkly jacket. That has a very youthful energy to it. Um, but yeah, I think I think Captain Bob has had some has had at least a facelift. And as far as major cosmetic surgery goes, I I really know that this is like kind of a weird one to pull. But Rodney, yeah, I from can Love see Muffin, it. the the one who talks like this, he's the mad scientist who's Doofenshmirtz is Question, nemesis. Do you think he chose to get the ears? No, I think he was born with the ears. I think he was worse before. I think he straight up looked like Squidward, and this is the best mm-hmm. they could do. See, now that I'm thinking about it, wouldn't the answer like kind of be Norm? Think of his old head. Because he whips off his head every day. Well, remember that other head that he had, the original head for Norm? The Joel McHale head. Yeah. Yeah. That that wasn't his choice. That was Doofenshmirtz. No one said anything about cosmetic surgery by choice. Yeah, this could be a face-off situation where John Travolta and Nicolas Cage switch faces, but only one of them chooses it. my whole answer has changed. Oh, if Nicolas Cage and John Travolta exist in this universe, then they're both the answer because they've switched faces. Well, I don't think they exist in this. Does Nicolas Cage? Oh, that's next week's question. Do, do Nicolas Cage and John Travolta exist no, in this world? No, probably not because, well, maybe. Does Olivia Newton John? Yeah, there's, mm, there's Olivia Newton John. This is tough. Oh, it's me, Olivia Newton John. It's so good to meet you, Phineas. And Find Fab. out next time. If, Wait, uh, how was there Olivia Newton John? I was just trying to see who would exist of the cast of Greece who's alive in this universe. Oh, Olivia Newton John. It's, it's got to be, right? She transcends time and space. Mm-hmm. Xanadu. But she can't control. Yeah, like Xanadu. Xanadu. Let's get into this week's episode, episode six. We start off with "Get that Bigfoot out of my face." Molly, I wouldn't have said it better myself. This week's. <laughs> this week. Thank you, Dave. This week, I really love this combo of episodes. I look. This is a solid two episodes. I think that the last couple episodes have been eh, men's and men's. But th- this is a good pairing of episodes, and I have one very specific childhood memory about these episodes. Go ahead. I remember all week long seeing the promos for this new episode of Phineas and Ferb with the Bigfoot, where they were going to go visit their grandpa. I remember seeing the promos for this, and I remember I had not missed one episode of Phineas and Ferb in the airing order at this point. And then we were out at a restaurant eating dinner, oh, and for whatever I reason, this as well. and I asked my mom, what time is it? And she goes, it's like six thirty. Uh, it's like six forty-five. And I went, oh, Phineas and Ferb is on at seven eight central. <laughs> oh no! That is exactly how you and, would say that. And then I realized that we were going to, for the first time, miss a new episode of Phineas and Ferb, and we would just have to watch the rerun of it. God only knows when that would be in two thousand seven. And so I just remember having that feeling of like, oh. I missed my stories. Like, and it, I wasn't upset. We didn't throw a temper tantrum or anything. We just, all of us kind of quickly noted, I remember at the time, all of us being like, oh yeah, we missed that. Oh. Mm. Yeah, we Shucks. we were really late to the DVR game. Oh. We were back, like when everyone else had DVR, yeah. we were on demand slash still sticking to VHS oh, we, in the player. We clung to VHS yeah. tapes for a long time. 
at any rate, uh, so that's my childhood memory of this episode. Please write to us. Tell us your memories of Phineas and Ferb. All right. So shall we get into the episode? Uh, Phineas and Ferb are in the car with uh, a large group of their friends, including one or two background characters who just oh, wouldn't way normally more tag than them. one or two. Like yeah. there is a lot of background characters. Like that one up. scaredy kid who's like in an orange T-shirt. You don't really see him much. Yeah. Anyway. He's in the roller coaster, I think. The point is, uh, Phineas and Ferb and their friends are all packed up for a long car trip out to their grandparents' house. The grandparents are going to watch the kids while uh, Lindana and her foolish, foolish husband, Lawrence, they go off to the uh, antiquing convention, uh, some it's seminar. Expo, oh, it's an expo. I'm sorry, not a convention. So, I'm sorry. No, it's an imposium. I wrote it down. <laughs> imposium or symposium? I wrote imposium, but... Mm. I don't know the difference. Is you decide. Difference? Is symposium a word? It could have been symposium and it kind of- I've never heard the antique word- Antique symposium. I thought she said antiques symposium. Yeah, I've never heard yeah. of an symposium. No, I'm wrong. At any Go rate, on. so they have to stay at their grandparents' house. Their granddad, Clyde, sings them the legend of Bigfoot. Candace does not want to be there. Meanwhile, Doof has an online date coming over to his house, but oh no, Perry is there when she arrives. She likes Perry more than him. Doof falls off the balcony after being mistaken for Bigfoot the Sasquatch. Uh, Candace uh, and the grandma help scare the other kids with a very realistic Bigfoot puppet. And at the end, Candace does a big scream when she sees Doof and thinks that the Bigfoot might be real. That's um, it. That's the whole episode. So Saved you 11 minutes. There you go. Um, this one's all right. I'll say it. Like, this one's all right. I but I this like one. that everything feels very contained in this one. Mm -hmm. You know, like, Doof is right by them and... I, we really, I feel like this is one of the first episodes where we start to feel we're in Phineas and Ferb's plot. Yeah. Like, it's not like they're doing something separate and Candace is trying to bust them. It's like, they're right here and we're, I feel like we kind of get to know them sure. for the first time a little bit. I mean, look, it, it's it's a very cute episode. It's not very Phineas and Ferby. They don't really do anything. They um, play a prank, which is definitely not Phineas and Ferby. I mean, they like to scare people. They're little kids. They have some little kid energy now and then. Um, but yeah, Candace is just kind of here. Everyone's just kind of here. Um, we get some nice jokes. We meet Grandma and Grandpa. That's the big thing in yeah, this one. And, the grandma, and we, meet, we meet Lorraine. Who? Lorraine. That is... Who? The grandma's twin sister who only comes out when they want to scare children. Yes. Which, my God. Once a year, specifically. Have ever related to anything more? <laughs> yeah, we only take Ryan out to scare children. If Ryan's ever related to anything, it's only coming out of the closet to scare people. Like I said. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. You're oh, leaving no, that that's in. That's going in. That is going in, sir. <laughs> It's not age Leave the clapping as well. Okay. The plague, the clap. The point um, is. The plague, the clap, the point. What do we have from this up? I mean, well, okay, we have to go backtrack because the other part of this is just the academy. Oh, that actually is the best part of the episode. Yeah. We need to dedicate an entirely new episode to just the 30 seconds in total that Major Monogram talks about his time at the Academy. Tell you what, this is, is so beautiful and haunting. This it's is haunting. a fake episode. What would this be? What, what episode number is this for real? Six. Okay, this is fake episode seven. Here we go. <clears throat> Welcome to Candace Party. It's not a podcast. And it's a, an intimate get together. Today, we'll be discussing the Academy. What do we, do we think it's a spy Academy? Do we think it was a boarding school? Major Francis Monogram looks off into the distance and mentions the Academy 
And then we hear the saddest music you've ever heard in your life. And we hear the voice of clearly monogram as a child saying, I don't want want to to go, go daddy. He says, I don't want to go to the academy, daddy. And then a voice says, I'm not your father. It's been decided. And then he just goes, I I love love you, daddy. daddy. What does it mean? Why is Perry so sad that he takes his hat (laughs) off? I I clocked that for the first time this time that he does that. When Monogram says it for the first time and has his little flashback, Perry takes off his hat in mourning. Like, he like holds it to his heart. It's like Francis Monogram said the name of his long since dead wife. It's like, it's yeah. like that's the level of like, oh, shucks. It's Have like when they Spock all dies. gone through this, or is this like what the older folks had to go through? And like, we've since learned is very wrong to put people through. So, like, the young agents feel bad that the adults went through it. Oh, it's like the wall. I mean, it feels like, you know, military type thing where they put you out in the woods and something horrible happens because this very specifically is about the the sliding door that he uses to get to the yeah. lair that they haven't used it's since in he was in the academy and um i don't know but that is one of my favorite monogram moments of all time is the academy and it's definitely one quote we use yeah. a lot um, <coughs> what do you got from this episode, Ryan? Well, so the first note I have is Strudel Cutie four four two seven, which is Doctor Doofenshmirtz's online dating name. Um, he, I, I'm not even sure what Strudel is. I'm not gonna lie. You, you got to think like Toaster Strudel. Strudel. Oh, so you know, I guess something of he's his like Strudelstinian. Yes. Yeah. Of, so love that Strudel Cutie. Now, do you, are they saying kitty? Okay, so I thought they were saying strudel kitty, and then we thought strudel cutie, and I thought it was 4227, and Ryan thought it was 4427. Well, I asked you what the number was, and then I heard her say 4427. I missed I'm, I missed the first time they said it, because I was actually getting a piece of cake, because um, <laughs> I live like this. But yeah, I, I think it's cutie. I think it's every time he said it, I thought it was cutie, and every time she said it, it sounded like kitty. I don't know what her voice is. Oh, real quick, this should have been the adult question for this episode. I should have saved cosmetic surgery for another time, but um, <clears throat> I guess we should have asked what dating site do we think Doctor Heinz Doofenshmirtz is on? Do we think he's on Christian Mingle? Do we think he's on J Date? Do we think he's on Tinder? Probably some kind of evil love site. Well, See, I didn't think she was evil though. No, but I think that's what he put it on. Maybe it's like oh, does he uh, meet that a specific other specific one for like divorced people? Oh, like like a getting back out there. Yeah. yeah. How Stella gets her groove back dot com. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Is, I just I'm. Is that domain taken? Because you should lock that. Down oh, now. I should lock that down. Yeah. I was trying to get to go back to Um, the next note that I have is about Baljeet's voice. Still, I mean, he is a fairly new character. I believe. Did we just like actually meet him and hear him yeah. for the first time? Like the last episode. Yeah, the raging yeah. bully. His voice is still very. Deep. I was gonna say underdeveloped, but yeah. like not in a puberty sense, just in like yeah. a character sense. His voice remains underdeveloped in the puberty yes, sense. It's actually well developed. It, it develops it has less. Devel- yes. Yeah. He, he retrogresses. I'm I'm glad you that you brought up Baljeet because retrogresses and all is also another term, but oh, okay. regression. Is, yeah, mm, I know about science. Well, I don't. I'm stupid. Science. He's Bigfoot. Um, I'm glad you brought up Baljeet because the trauma that we see in Baljeet's eyes when he's telling the scary story about having to spend the night in the tent with a bully 
I'm going to get kind of adult here. Like, I'm a little afraid of what might have been happening in that tent. Molly, I'm sure it was fine. The look on his face. I'm sure he gave him, like, a wedgie. But imagine that fear, though. All seriousness of that aside, like... Imagine the fear of having to spend the night with a bully. Can you imagine, like, the anxiety that that would produce in a child? And the fact that they all sit there and look at him with the trauma in his eyes, and no one is like, are you all right, Belgi? Like, Nobody no. lets him switch They tents. just look at him, and then Grandpa's like, all right, Phineas, how about your story? Let's bring up the mood a little. He also it's mentions his, his sort of fears as an immigrant in coming to this country, and, like, it's like just like imagine you come to this like strange place and then you come to this new this new country and you're like, you know what? I'm going to make it here. I'm going to do great. I'm making some friends. And then all of a sudden, for some reason, your friend group keeps letting this bully in who physically hurts you. And then they're like sleep next to the child in a tent in the woods, in a tent in the woods. Two modifiers that would make anything scarier. Absolutely. Ryan, what's an action? Name an action. Scooping? Scooping. In a tent in the woods. Infinitely worse. Definitely. Anything. Anything. Uh, Eating birthday cake. In a tent in the woods. Suddenly horrifying. Uh, 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 Getting a car. In a tent in the woods. Suddenly weird. Definitely creepy. Car tent? Purchasing a puppet. In a tent in the woods. Okay. Even worse. Just purchasing a puppet. Purchasing a puppet. Purchasing a puppet. Oh, no. You know, I'm gonna, Swing I'm your gonna partner think that means round and round. I'm going to think that means to cut it out. You well, maybe you should. <laughs> At any rate, anyway, um, um, not a lot to say. The song He's Bigfoot, which I like it. Danny liked and I liked, and Ryan apparently wrote, is boring. You're going to tell me you liked that song? He's no. Bigfoot. No. He's, He's Bigfoot. Bigfoot. He bays in the water that you drink. No, he's Bigfoot. boring. He's Bigfoot. I kind of like it because it reminds me of the Ballad of Bilbo Baggins, which is a Hobbit-themed novelty song that Spock, Leonard Nimoy sang in the right, 60s. Everyone can like go to the which, bathroom during this point. Which goes, he's Bilbo. Well, it's a podcast. You can go to the bathroom at any time when you're listening. Yeah, but Probably you're going to no, leave your phone leave in the, the other room. They, people might not leave the toilet the entire time they listen to this. And think about those poor, poor people. Their sore little bottoms. Jesus Christ. Okay. That's not dirty. You can't cut it out. Go ahead. Well. Keep not going. clean. Okay, but this song is incredibly boring. I cannot <laughs> believe that either of you Look, was I'm not going to say it's slightly. my top. It's not a top song for me. It just It's the, folksy. But it provides nothing for me. All right. <laughs> All right. I, it, it, literally, the song is He's Bigfoot. That is the title. He yeah. bathes in the water that you drink. Of the One song. It's the most boring thing I've ever heard. Okay, Barbara Streisand by Duck Sauce. What other lyrics are there to that song? I don't know. You know that song? Barbara Streisand. Ooh. What if that just took me Barbara back Streisand. In time? Anyway, all what right. More so lyrics you don't, you don't like the song. Yeah. I like. At least that song is catchy. What is this? He's Bigfoot. He's Bigfoot. I literally want to fall asleep every time you do it. I, I like ooh. seeing the craziness in Grandpa's eyes while he sings that. I mean, the craziness. I like is in with his eyes. the crazy in this. We get to see like the faintest hint of the fact that Candace is going crazy. Sure. Um, the way that she, I love the joke of she looks at the squirrel and she thinks the squirrel is talking to her, but really it's her <laughs> grandma, and that really got me. And I. That just really reminded me of all the crazy things that Candace will come to experience, particularly in these woods, mm-hmm. um, when we'll eventually meet the zebra. With recreational drugs. 
Yes. Yes, Candace's um, uh, fungus-related trips. We're going to get to that someday. Um, I also love just the whole concept of Doof online dating. I just love the way he's like, oh, no, she doesn't know I have a nemesis. Like, yeah. that, it's adorable. Um, I would like to say that just one more thing about I, we have to go back to the fake episode that's all about the oh, Academy. Right, right. After Francis Monogram says um, the Academy, the music, the sad music that plays sounds a lot to me like the theme to The Godfather. Like oh. the movie The Godfather and the Academy music are like very similar. Maybe it was just I, the way it sounded to me. But I just I don't know. I, I no. Say what you're going to say. Say what you need to say. No, I was just going to say that the song He's Bigfoot is the metaphor, is like the manifestation of the sound of paint drying to me in terms <laughs> of interest. Jeepers. All right. Well, that's. that's but no, no. Keep going because what you were saying was really interesting too. Gee whiz. Try not All to. All right, go ahead. Anyway. No, it's fine. It just sounds like the music from The Godfather. I'm, I guess I'm done talking forever. Also, I just love Phineas and Ferb's grandma. I think she's great. She's great. I can't believe that I didn't really clock. Or maybe I did and I just didn't get it. That That's Linda's voice is mm-hmm. the voice of the grandma. It's so obvious to me now. I must have noticed it at some point. I love but I her definitely beehive forgot. hairdo. She has a very correctly drawn like outfit and body for that type of grandma. Yeah, definitely. Like she has the perfect like grandma who lives in the woods and stays active outfit and energy. She and like I reminds just... me a little like if Dee Dee from Rugrats like Got was older. like old, but like but not less all neurotic. grown up. Yeah, no, no, no. Like just like with the hair, I guess. It's never it occurred is. to me before that Dee Dee from Rugrats was like super neurotic and like worried about the children and reading all those baby books. But like you're right, she was very oh, neurotic. She was neurotic. I've never thought about the parents' personalities outside of, of course, Phil and Lil's uh, mom, who was the best. True. You got any anybody Betty, else got anything Betty else from this one? DeVille. Betty Deville, that's the one. No, I'm good. Betty Deville. Ryan, got anything else from this one? Um, let's see. I just, I, I don't know. I, do we get the name of his date, of Doofenshmirtz's date in this one? I don't one? think so. I don't know. I just really liked that when she was talking to Perry. Yeah. She just whispers, <laughs> Strudel Cutie 4427 was a lot less needy online. <laughs> that is very good. Um, yeah. You've hardly touched your cucumber water. I made it special for you. And that Doof apparently went on some date where he was stabbed, da- he was stabbed repeatedly with a fork. Yeah. Look, I I like me. the Doofenshmirtz chunk of this episode more, but really this episode does feel very accurately summery to me. Yeah. I like it a lot. It does, I will say, it does tread a little bit on the ground that Tan, uh, Dan Povenmire already tread on in, of course, the camping episode of Spongebob, C-A-M-P-F-I-R-E-S-O-N-G song. It treads a little bit on that ground with the whole sea bear and the underwater sea circle. Like, all that is a little similar to this. But just definitely this is less horrifying than that. This is less horrifying and perhaps slightly less memorable, if only because when the person pulls out the guitar and sings the song, it is not right. C-M-P-F-I-R-E-S-O-N-G song. I think that this episode just really sets us up for the adventures we'll have with Grandma and Grandpa in the future. Yes, the really. much more zebra trippy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're going to read the quotes from this. From this. Yeah. So the quotes from this are, not since I was at... The Academy. Be careful. The Academy. But I don't want to go to the Academy, Daddy. I'm not your father, and it's been decided. I love you, Daddy. That sounded like screaming children. But it's not my birthday. Well, back to my closet. See you next year, Lorraine. It's the... Oh, and then... It's not the worst date I've ever had. 
There was that one that kept stabbing me with a fork. And so that's it. I feel like we said all of those throughout the discussion, but it's good to to let the people know what's in contention for the bracket for best quote. All right, next episode is Tree to Get Ready. This episode has such a fun vibe. It's yeah. it feels fun. Everyone's having a good time. To even me, Candace. This is really one of the first times I think I like Phineas and Ferb in our rewatch. Like this feels like Phineas and Ferb to me. Like the characters, I mean, like yeah. they're not annoying in this one per se. Like they seem to got like get them have the characters figured out a little more in this one. I think. Yeah, I mean they're 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 very. They're still very little kid-ish with, like, the fact that they're building a treehouse and that they're doing things that are, like, slightly dangerous. I feel like future Phineas and Ferb would have treehouses that are, like, full of elevators and things. Here it's a little bit more codenamed Kids Next Doors, uh, codenamed Kids Next Door, where all their technology looks like it's built out of other objects. And when they're about to shoot Isabella through their, like, tire thing, they go, we haven't missed yet. And she goes, really? And they go, yeah, because you're our first passenger. Like that feels That's a horrifying. Like they would, they. I feel like they would have tested some dummy in later years. Well, I just feel like in later years it wouldn't even be a question. Like she would just get yeah. in it and wouldn't ask. But like, don't ask any questions, Isabella. Uh, no, you won't like the answers you find. Get in no. the tube. Get in the tube, Isabella. It's me, Olivia Newton-John. Zenaday. No, <laughs> Olivia Newton. I'm sorry. No, but um, I feel like. That would fit a little bit a, a little bit better with the original Phineas, who was like the sarcastic boy genius who lies and is like a little snooty. Yeah. Would be like, we haven't missed yet, really? Yeah, you're the first person we're shooting through this, you human guinea pig. Like it, you know, it's a little. But I like this one. Everyone's having fun, even Candace. Yeah, so this is just they rebuild their childhood treehouses to be treehouse robots that fight. Meanwhile, Doofenshmirtz plans to have a bunch of pigeons. Uh, poop on his brother as he receives the key to the city. Presumably, this is before Roger Doofenshmirtz is made the mayor. Because yeah, I think a little tiny mayor is standing next to him. There's a guy who looks like the Powerpuff Girls mayor. That's what I have. I have that. He looks yeah. like the Powerpuff Girls mayor mixed with um the Mr. Monopoly man, Uncle yeah. Pennybags. That's, that's exactly. What I he love that like. you called him Uncle Pennybags. Thank you for recognizing his proper name. Um, too many people just say the Monopoly man, but it is Rich Uncle Pennybags. At any point, at any rate. Uh, yeah, so Doof, it, Roger doesn't seem to be the mayor yet because he's receiving the key to the city, whereas I feel like the mayor usually gives out the key to the Unless city. Unless the governor is giving Maybe. it to the mayor, but probably he's not mayor It's yet. probably just like this was the first so, time they were using Doof's brother. I'd like to go back a little bit in the episode. Um, I like when they rebuild the treehouse because we see that um, they've made it look kind of groovy inside, and yeah. I love the music they pick when Phineas is like, this is my crib, basically. He calls it a crib, and it's just, yeah. we got this groovy crib music, and yeah. it was just like, I don't know, it really set the scene for me. I want to just we're not gonna We're going to do you a huge favor and not comment on the way you said groovy, groovy crib music. Groovy crib music. No, that, that's a, the tone is important, because that's the vibe it gave. You give off the vibe of someone who walked out of the Brady Bunch movie. That's the vibe it gave. Mm-hmm. Ryan? I don't think that was the vibe it gave. I just think you're kind of old. I am kind of old. Am old. Am kind of old. Am old. I said I am kind of old. You might am kind of old. I am kind of old. If I'm gonna be honest, I've been biting on this pen cap a little, and I think I have a little bit of the plastic stuck in my throat. Uh, I'm nasty. I swallowed two bugs today. I'm (sighs) I'm on the protein. Um. Anyway, (laughs) what else we got? 
Um, well, yeah, so this this has probably my favorite Doofenshmirtz song of these early episodes. Uh, one of the greatest songs One of, of the all Doof time. hits, which is uh, Goody Tushu's Brother. Mm. The chorus of Pigeons is great. He's great. Everything's great. Everything is great. And you're going to tell me that when we know we have songs like this, that he's Bigfoot... Okay. Isn't an absolute piece of burning garbage. No, you are so it's, aggressive. I'm it's, sorry, but that song, like, I would rather go go Phineas. And you mm. all know how I feel about Fast and the Phineas. Okay. But here's the thing is you these episodes were paired together. You have no idea how much work had to probably yeah. go into the jam that is my goody Tushes brother. Yes, I know. But that doesn't that doesn't ever stop them from producing jams and all. Right, right. Like all you know right. this. Well, well at any I, rate. I love that song. I think it's one of the most catchy songs in the whole show. I sing it constantly. It's probably one of the only ones I always know all the words to. Yeah. Um, yeah. In this one, um, oh, I just have written that I think it's really funny of, that they use the word fuddy duddy. I yeah. just thought that it, it made me I giggle. Love Kansas. <laughs> Well, one, I, f- I first of all, I found it weird that in the beginning we see uh, we see Vanessa like kind of using this innator to train yeah. the pigeons, and she like she doesn't look particularly annoyed that she's doing this. Like she's like helping him, yeah. And then later becomes annoyed once he starts to be more annoying. But like she's like voluntarily doing this. It seems. Yeah, she would never really participate in an evil scheme later on. I feel like. Yeah, like well, in the beginning, um. We see her helping out, and later on, she isn't helping out as much. Like she, we think he's she's just his assistant in that first time we see her because she is helping. And, and now, then at the end, well, at the end of her first appearance, she yeah, says, we it's, say it's "Take your daughter to work daughter. day." But um, yeah, it's uh, you know, eh. I love Vanessa's lazy chair kicks. Oh, I in do those all the, the time. Song. I her said that kick. this song is so much of a bop. Not even Vanessa can resist it. Yes. Like she has to do the kick, and of course, she's still. She's not very happy about it, no. but you can't deny your body, like, the will to dance. The, the good boogie rhythm, the funky downtimes, the, j- this funky, the jam. This funky crib vibe that it gives off. It just feels so funky. I will say my One favorite- One might say, swanky. My One favorite, might say groovy. My favorite joke in this episode is Candace is walking around One her- would say that, wouldn't one. Go ahead. My favorite joke in this episode is Candace is walking around her newly renovated treehouse. Yeah. She's pointing like, look, there's a hot tub, there's a buffet, and as she's walking past a wall that is just covered in um, little little chimes, little little instruments, she goes, look at all the bells and whistles, and there are just a bunch of bells and whistles, and it's very Great cute. Great joke. Um, um, I love the name The Poopinator. I'll say it. It's funny. Yes. Good for it's you. It's funny. A really bold stance you've taken. I would like to question, just because this is the type of thing that I look at, in the background when uh, Doof is explaining his plan to Perry, he has some very interesting math on the wall. It's it's square times square, and then on the next line, the square root of 82 times 3 is equal to square. 6 squared divided by, the like, 6 times 6 divided by the shape square and then triangle equals circle. Yeah, I, when well I was looking at that, I thought that the squares were blanks until we got to triangle equals circle. I thought it was triangle equals zero. 
Um, and it was going to be one of those like puzzles, like, oh, okay, if triangle is equal to zero, then when I put in, for, I put zero in for all the triangles, but there was no other triangles. So yeah, that, that caught my eye and my confusion as well, but seems on point for doof math. The next thing I would like to say, and this is more on the Phineas and Ferb side of the episode, but we see them genuinely damage a building in this episode. <laughs> when they are fighting with the treehouse robots, yeah. we see, um... I believe it's Phineas's Phineas and Ferb's um, treehouse robot. <laughs> oh, I actually don't remember if it whose it is, but either way, they are slammed into the bottom of a building, and that building, all of the windows are cracked. The building, its foundation is cracked. You know, it would be really funny to intercut the footage of like in Batman v Superman. There's like that very overly dramatic scene of the guy watching Superman have a fight and he pulls out, a, he starts, he pulls out like a little rosary and he starts praying like, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And it's like, this is a Superman movie. Anyway, so he's, he's praying and then Superman slams into the building and the guy's dead and all the people in Wayne Industries are dead. I would love to like cut the footage of that guy going like, I pray this Lord, the Lord my, my soul to keep. And then just cut to the footage of Phineas and Ferb's slamming into the building <laughs> then bruce wayne looks up and you just hear that anyway uh my director's cut of batman v superman where yeah. uh bruce wayne wants to kill phineas flynn is <laughs> coming soon to disney plus um i have in here that well I, I don't know if this is one of the quotes but i just love he said it for that clearly marked exit and i yeah it's cute because well, that in is disney you always gotta have a clearly marked You're exit. A clearly marked exit um, I also have that uh, in the newspaper that Vanessa is reading where we see it flashed to the newspaper to show that Roger is getting the key to the city. But on the other side of the page, it's a picture of Doofenshmirtz and it says evil brother vows to get even. I and it. I really like that. And the pigeon was featured in the newspaper. So yeah. I have some questions about like, did he, he does tell the world about this plan? And would you be surprised if he did? Would they not like move the location of the event or no. put up some poop guards or something? I feel like when you get a threat from Doofenshmirtz, you basically don't need to take precautions because none of them have ever happened um i i feel like well i don't feel like i know in this episode the doofenshmirtz evil incorporated building changes shape a couple times at first when perry grapples up to the roof a la batman um there is there is no big dome covering the top of it and he just lands on a flat roof with his little grapple hook wrapped around an air conditioning vent. Then in like the next establishing shot, we see the dome is there in the painting. Then later we see that it's a flat roof with a smaller dome on top that doesn't stretch the whole length like the usual dome over the building. Um, so so the dome switches size and then there's like a, a barbed wire cage on the roof and then there's elevators on the roof. And then in every other episode after this, pretty much, it's like the dome roof uh, just covers his laboratory. Mm. And then the rest of the floors are residential. Um, so that, so this is an odd appearance of the Doofenshmirtz Evil Incorporated building. It's not a big deal. This is, I believe, the second time that the mom has said something about, like, I haven't gotten a call from Candace. Something must yeah. be wrong. So they've already kind of used that twice. So it's interesting to see. She's not as worried this time. Though. No. She doesn't, you know. She's not, like in a spa peeling the things off her eyes going something must be wrong candace hasn't called you know she's not turning a car around because candace hasn't called or something she just is letting candace know she's gonna come home um, um yeah i thought that in this one one of the most interesting things that i noticed was that it's not really interesting but it's interesting to me 
Um, when we're looking from Doofenshmirtz's building over to uh, where Roger is, we see a shot of the crowd. And, like, some people in the crowd are drawn. It's really weird. It's like three – imagine a rectangle. And three quarters of that rectangle are just, like, vague squares and triangles and circles that they use to, like, look like a crowd from far away. And then the left corner is, like, full-on drawn people. And it looks really weird. And I don't know what happened there. Um, but I wanted to point that out because it, it was weird. Yeah. Um, well, a, a weird thing I would like to point out, and I, it's not really weird, but we always see, you know, we see Phineas and Ferb sitting by their tree in the backyard. And then by the end of this episode, and kind of throughout the episode, they have two trees because they have their tree house. And then they have Candace's treehouse. And yeah. at the end of the episode where, like, after the robots are done fighting, they're, like, rolling back to their house, you know, there's just the two trees. And yeah. Lindana doesn't think anything of it, even though the tree houses yeah. are no longer in robot form. She's not like, oh, there's two trees here. Yeah. Or, oh, you redid the treehouses. To be fair, not everyone's mom is as hyper-vigilant and focused on everything as our mom is, so... That's true. Um, I liked She might one. not care. She might not. She might just be like, oh, kid's panning the treehouse. I don't really just care. just want to have fun. <laughs> Honestly. And you know what? She doesn't want to scrub the sink or mow the lawn so if they've done any yard work, she's happy. That's true. I liked that they packed costumes in this treehouse mm. and the wide variety of them because, That's, one, yeah. they came prepared. Two, I'm surprised they did, and yeah. I... I that's my favorite little runner throughout this episode is just every time we cut back to Phineas and Ferb, they're in different costumes. And it gets so extreme that at one point, Phineas is dressed as a knight and next to him is a horse costume. Oh, that's with, not a costume. It's a horse thing with eyes sticking out of it. So you assume, oh, Ferb is dressed like a horse. But then it cuts to the next shot and Phineas is still in the knight armor and Ferb is behind him with bagpipes. Yeah. So that's just a prop horse they no, built. No, no, it's not a prop. That's a real horse, Danny. We see in the next scene, the horse, the horse? runs out the butt yeah. of oh, the Oh, that's right. House. Yes, you're right. I'm so sorry. I forgot. We also get to see- It doesn't look like a drawing of a horse. No, it doesn't. No, but then later they do lift up the butt but, of the treehouse. Danny noticed that we saw the cow whistle guy on the street yeah. when they are um Just as one fighting. of their extras, they have the little- which was How cute to salesman. see because he's creepy, but he's, he's got there. a scary wolf puppet. Um, I did want to. I did want it. I did want to note that uh, we had a very general delivery truck, but then I was like, "Is it general?" Because the D and delivery is bolded, and like the rest of the word isn't. So it's like a delivery, maybe Molly, question mark. If you were to have D be a separate word from delivery, it would be a delivery. No, it wasn't a separate word. No, it's I'm saying delivery. You're just accentuating the D, but all sentences open with a capital letter. So it wasn't that it was capital; it's that it's capital and bold. Yeah, like when SpongeBob is writing the, you know, like sometimes books okay, have that one really like large a sentence that was on a truck. You know what? We're gonna fight about this for another six minutes. Hi. You just heard an editing break I in the like podcast where we cut out a six-minute argument about delivery. I liked Ferb's chicken noise. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. you did, didn't you? I did. Um, I also liked that it's a truly petty act of revenge. Yes. Well, and, that's also uh, the only other quote I had for the episode, so you've wasted. I am so sorry. You've literally read the only two quotes we had, and now there's no point in telling the people. The bracket's over. You know what? I'm going to go over and erase the bracket. You know, it's certainly not going to last long on the bracket. He's Bigfoot. Okay, no, it won't. Not if no, I have won't. to say. 
Well, neither would go go Phineas. Thank you. I don't think that's what it's called. I think it's just go Phineas. Who cares? Literally irrelevant. <laughs> no one cares about it, and no one liked it. I'm sorry. Sick burn. Sick burn, Ryan. Not a burn. Just truth. Just an intimate get-together. I yield my time. <laughs> well, you can't say the rest of that. Um, I also just wanted to note, we were talking in a previous episode about what is behind Phineas and Ferb's house, and uh, I would like to note that there's like an entire neighborhood surrounding their house. We see a real aerial shot of the backyard in this one, yeah, and there's seen just establishing. a lot of houses like all over, more in than the usual, first, I feel like In the like first we episode, see. we see that with the tinfoil rolling behind them. I think it might be the same drawing. I don't know, but I was just yeah. wanted to point that out. I love the designs of the treehouse robots. They're really cool. Um, the, all the designs of Phineas and Ferb's different military costumes are very cute. And also just like this episode is great, just as far as like appealing to a child goes, first of all, because it is a rather scatological episode between the poopinator, the pigeon goo itself and the horse running out of the butt. Um, you know, so it appeals to children in that way, but it also feels very like childlike to me in the like just the fantasy of having your own super cool treehouse and an elevator that works on a trampoline system. Like, yeah, it I mean, it feels made me sad. Childhood. I never had a treehouse. Like, eh, we had like a little playhouse. It wasn't a treehouse. It was. Like, I used, you'd so, climb I it. used it was a to. Uh, so I, I was thinking about how dangerous this was, and I was like. Would kids really do something this dangerous without fear, though? Like, I know kids do a lot of things without fear, but this seemed kind of extreme. And then today, I saw these kids driving down our block, and I kid you not, three of them were on top of the car. One mm. was on top of the car, and two were balancing on the windows of the car and not holding on. And I was a little impressed, but mainly horrified. Kids, don't try that at home. But I was like, maybe people just do do dangerous Molly, things, and I'm a terrified person. Molly, you saw a clown car. <laughs> you absolute buffoon. <laughs> Good job. Uh, yeah, so does anyone else have anything to say about this gosh darn treehouse episode? No. No? It was good and better than I remembered it. Oh, we finally stumped the band. Ryan, your closing thoughts on the treehouse. Um, Any other thoughts other than about... Uh, he's Bigfoot. Bigfoot. No. He's the, Bigfoot. the quotes for this one, Danny, just give The quotes for this one are, Stop him! He's headed for that clearly marked exit! And you are about to witness a truly petty act of vengeance. Thank you. Yes, um, you heard them both throughout the, the course of the The side characters that we had in these episodes, in the last one we had Buford, Baljeet, Lawrence, and Isabella. And then in this one... Oh, I'm sorry. And we had... No. Yeah. Sorry, I got confused. I'll fix that. And in this one, we had Stacy, Isabella, and Vanessa. And yeah, we still have no mention of Pi, as far as I can tell. I am going to go back and check, and no mention of Karen. I feel like you really overestimated okay. how much Karen would be in the show. No, I knew Karen wouldn't be a lot. Yeah. I knew I wasn't expecting a lot of Karen. I just wanted to see, because of everything reminding me of Karen Johnson. Um, but I did think there would be a lot of pie, and I know there's more as it goes on, but we have not had pie mm-hmm. appear yet, and we are we this far in. Pie. We, we want pie. We want pie. 3.14159. Yeah. Any other, anything else anyone wants to add for this one? Um, go beef yourself. I'm pretty excited for Candace Against the Universe. We got a nice little sneak peek of that. We did. We, yeah, we did get really the, great song. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm I'm very much a fan. It, it gives off, um, you know, roller coaster the musical vibes where she's listing off all the things they've done. Um, 
I thought it was great. 10 out of 10. Um, let us know your thoughts. If you're excited for the movie, let us know if you like this episode of Phineas and Ferb, if it's one of your faves or you're not, let Ryan know if you, uh, like the song he's Bigfoot or if you agree with him. No, 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 no. Do not let me know if you do like it. I will come after you on social media. Also, as always, make sure to use the hashtag EGOT for Laura. Yes. EGOT for to, Laura. Uh, try and get an EGOT for either Laura Dern or Laura Dickinson, but best case scenario is both. We are yes. striving for that. We, we are would... also striving for a sitcom for the both of them. Yeah, they both need a Tony, so we're hoping to get them both in one Broadway play. They did not ask us to do this. It's just what we want in our hearts. Oh, yeah, no, we have had no contact with either of these very famous women, but what we want to do is get them both an EGOT. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so please make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Candace Party Pod. Let us know what you think. Send us a message. Send us a tweet. Uh, we would enjoy it very much. Yeah. Um, I guess we should end the way we always do by reciting our blood oath. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Everyone, in unison now. Ready? Oh, holy night. The Candace Party friendship takes the cake. Oh no. That was probably great to listen to oh, in yeah. stereo. Don't call it that. It's All just right. a get Good night, everybody. We're talking I to the N to the T I M A T E get together. What? I to the N to the T I M A T E get together. That's right. It's not a party.